Oh yes, you are locked into the hottest radio program. A program which, by the way, is tearing up the charts. Who else but Massacre Radio? I, of course, am your host, Members Only Dave, taking you through an auditory odyssey, if you will, on this, the 16th installment. Oh, baby, have we got a good one lined up for you today. As a little bit later on in the show, I'll be joined by director James Bell. He's an awfully talented guy, so it'll be nice to have a little powwow to see what makes him tick. Get a grip and hold on tight. You're in for a wild ride. Come on. You're listening to Massacre Radio. All right, listen here, friendo. You get one phone call, so you better make it count. Uh, I don't know any numbers off the top of my head. I haven't the slightest clue as to who to call. Look, figure something out or don't. I don't care. You've got a minute, okay? Okay, okay. Uh, let see. What was that number I'm trying to remember? Was it... Please, 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 please. You've reached the Massacre Radio voicemail. Oh, God damn it, it's a crummy radio station. What the hell is Massacre Radio, and why did he sound like that? Back on our airwave. Thank you. All right, buddy, your time's up. You're coming no, with me. No, let me let me make another call. I, pr- I promise. I accidentally called Massacre Radio. Don't be like that guy. Call us on purpose at 440-941-8585. 24-7-365, we serve it up hot. Massacre Radio, it feels good. In today's fast-paced world, you have enough to worry about as it is. Abortion, domestic terrorism, gay marriage. Which is why you shouldn't have to worry about finding a radio station that has good family values. Because it's all here for you, at your fingertips. Massacre Radio, voted best radio station for a record 7th consecutive year by Reader's Digest. What's so good about Cleveland? Massacre Radio on WKMA. WKMA means radio. Massacre Radio. Well, well, look what the cat dragged in. By way of the Massacre Radio hotline, I'm joined by special effects artist and director James Bell. James, welcome to the program. How's life been treating you? Oh, pretty good. Thanks for having me. Now, I really don't know where to start here, James. There's a lot to get to. So it says here you're a self-taught effects artist who works with silicone, making everything from dead face skin masks to lampshades, the whole bit. What was it that inspired you to really pursue the effects work and get into the whole gore thing in the first place? It's just something like I've always done ever since like when I was like really young. I was like 11 years old and like doing stuff with like makeup and latex and stuff like that. It was pretty much like for my own usage where I, I started trying to like do more as far as like effects go and stuff like that. Not such limited stuff. So you've been doing the effects thing since you were 11, you said. What would you say came first, your love of working with and making effects or your love of filmmaking? I'd probably say it was my passion for enjoying watching films and then doing effects like as a kid. They kind of like switch back and forth, which one's like currently like more important doing like the filmmaking or doing the effects. So you weren't necessarily inspired by gore films per se. Effects was just something you happened to be doing on your own because you thought it was cool. And then you maybe realized, hey, 
I can do that, but better. Yeah, it was basically just for my own needs. When shooting films, it was like, well, I, I, I know how to do all this stuff already. Now, I have to ask, other than the movies you've worked on, which one would you say has the best, most realistic-looking gore, or the gore you enjoy the most? Just like off the top of my head, like what instantly popped in my head was like traces of death, just because most of that was just fake and mocked up. Yeah, that tricked everybody for like years and years. Everyone thought all of that was real, even though only parts of it were real. I wouldn't really say it was like things looking real would be appealing to me. It'd just be like things looking neat would be like appealing to me. Return of the Aliens, Deadly Spawn, all that gore effects in like that film. I really enjoyed that a lot. It's not the most realistic looking, but it's just fun to watch. (laughs) I kind of feel similarly about The Burning Moon, you know, that was always one of my personal favorites. Right. Yeah, it's not exactly medically accurate, but it's just (laughs) eye candy. Well, now that you mentioned it, James, how important is it to be medically accurate with your gore effects? Not really. I just try to make things look neat. I know when people get their parts cut off, they don't spray across the room. (laughs) I, I still like to make everybody like spray all over the place and way more blood than could possibly fit inside of a human. As long as it looks fun, that's really all I care about. Before the interview, I was looking at your website, veryfinecrapvideos.com. Go check that out. And aside from showcasing your work, among other things, you can actually buy stuff like, you know, a silicone baby fetus, a human face lampshade, and my personal favorite, a human skin apron for $400. What has the reception been on those items available for purchase? And what's the hottest seller? How many human skin aprons have you sold? I've sold probably like six aprons. I used to bring them to shows, but they're pretty heavy, take up a lot of like rooms. So really the best way to like display them would be to wear them. Wearing a 14 pound apron all day, it beats your ass just that alone. But yeah, I've actually been very fortunate with like the stuff that I make. It all sells like really well. The lampshades, they do great. I do a lot of like different types of shows outside of the horror type shows. I do a bunch of like oddities and curiosities expo. I do a lot of shows with them. My stuff, like, It's completely different than most of the other vendors, but it's found its own little crowd there, too. Hey, Christmas is coming up, and I'm sure any one of those options would make a great stocking stuffer, James. Hopefully. Yeah, my sales usually die around Christmas time, but (laughs) I'm usually ready for it anyway, so... Special effects artist and director James Bell is my guest. So let's get to your first film, Dog Dick. At the time, it seemed to really disrupt the whole indie gore world, and whether it was warranted or not, some people were too harsh on their assessment of the film. But now, it seems like those same people who were in your face about it are now copying to some degree. Do you agree with that notion, and did you use that criticism back then as fuel to push even harder? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like a lot of people that go out and talk shit about aspects of that film, usually within a year, they end up doing almost the same exact thing that I did. There was this YouTuber that went after me hard, sick their whole fan base after me, and then turned around and wrote a book. I have no idea what the book's about. 
the person had such a problem with me showing dead animals in the film, but then put a dead animal on the cover of the book. Just like, whatever. (laughs) It says here too, James, that Dog Dick was heavily bootlegged. Do you have any insight as to why particularly it was bootlegged more than any one of your other films? And I heard you almost fought the dude that was bootlegging it. What was that all about? I didn't know what he looked like. And I guess he was at a convention, and he claims that we almost fought or something, but he never said who he was to me. He might have been wearing a shirt for his company, but I'm not going to go around and beat up every dork that's wearing a shirt for some company. So (laughs) the dude's just kind of like ridiculous saying that we almost fought. I would have fucking murdered him anyways. But, uh, that one got bootlegged a little bit, but it was really just like one company. And then like he made such a stink about it, it made it seem more than it, it was. So it was just kind of just like, yeah, I don't know. Now, this is interesting. Your second film, Manure, it says here, there was also a little bit of controversy surrounding that film, too, that involves the police. That sounds wild. OK, now walk me through this. What was all the fuss about? Yeah, well, that one, uh, my son was involved in it. Part of the scene involved with my character, diarrhea, shitting on his character's face, which I filmed both his part and my part, like, completely separate. Like, we weren't even together. Well, we, we were in the same household and everything, but he wasn't on set when I was, like, filming my parts of, like, the pooping. And then it was just like, there's no wide shot of both of us in frame for that shot. But anyways, he mentioned to somebody at school, like a teacher, that he was going to be in a movie and that uh, I, I don't know what else he said about it. But the teacher just like instantly thought that I was making child porn out of my house and selling it on Facebook openly. So the detectives couldn't be bothered with doing a Google search or anything like that. They came and like raided my house and it was a huge, huge mess. I had to like sit and screen like all my films with them. And I was like in the midst of making Tantrum. And I was like, oh man, I really don't want to show them any parts of Tantrum. (laughs) I was just kind of quiet about that one. Just didn't show them any of that. I just showed them manure and dog dick. And what was their reaction to what you showed them? They thought it was very strange that somebody around here is doing that. And it, and kind of since that's happening, happened, I've kind of just like used that as a green light for me to do whatever the hell I want. Like if there's like an area where I can't film things, I'll just go and film there anyways. And if the cops show up, I'm usually just like, whatever, I'm shooting a movie, leave me alone. Well, do they leave you alone? Yeah, yeah. No, they, they go fuck off. <laughs> James, I know you make films with your wife. I wanted to ask you, what's the biggest argument or altercation you two have had while making a film together? Oh, my. I have to say, probably during Tantrum, it wasn't on camera or anything. She had, like, fake blood all over her face, and we were, like, out in the middle of the woods. And uh, I had a, a wet towel that was, like, damp that I was using to wipe stuff off. I put the towel on her face and I dumped water on it, not thinking that that's actually like waterboarding somebody. 
Oh, man. And, yeah, she got so mad, was not happy with me for like about an hour after that. But that's about it, really. My guest today is special effects artist and director James Bell. James, have you ever considered making a straight-up comedy gore film? Do you think the combination of the two can work, and is it possible to make gore funny? I personally really would rather avoid like making like horror comedies. Just from my own personal taste, there's really none that I like very much. It's too easy with like horror comedies for it to be just taken as like the whole project's just a joke not just a movie that has jokes in it. A lot of like the trauma stuff, it just comes across as just like insincere, like no one was trying. It's just how I feel with the horror comedies. Even though like I, my second film, Manure, it, that one has aspects of comedy, but not really that jokes like people would actually laugh at. Now, it's also my understanding you make music under the name Kids Kill Kids. Walk me through the history of the band. You know, it's a lot of mood setting, more ambient type stuff, I'd say. Kids Kill Kids originally started probably when I was 17, 18 years old. And it originally started as like a grunge band. I was like the main member of. And then it kind of turned into like kind of like a modest mouse sunny day real estate ripoff type thing still it was just like all songs that like i wrote and then uh everybody that i used to play with originally they're all like dead now so i've replaced everybody with uh like synthesizers and stuff like that so i can still keep doing stuff myself do you have any aspirations to make or work on a big studio type movie or is that something that doesn't really interest you I was actually just thinking about this the other day. I, I really don't want to ever do anything that's like bigger budgeted or anything. I like things being minimal and small. There was kind of like the situation where it was like Sony was like involved, but really in the end, they just decided to CGI everything. And so like, I just kind of stood on set with my fingers up my ass for like 14 hours. Oh, gotcha. And I didn't even do anything, but they still cut me a check. Well, you can't argue with that now, can you? The website is verifyingcrapvideos.com, James, but where else can people connect with you online if they so choose to? I have a Facebook profile for under my personal account, and then I, the company account also has one, Very Fine Crap Videos. Mm-hmm. And then Kids Kill Kids has one, but I don't really do much with that one. But if you message me or something on there, I'll respond. I'm on Twitter, but I'm not really very active. I have a TikTok account. Yeah, it's not very good. (laughs) Well, James, it's been an honor to speak with you this evening. Your effects work is pretty impressive, I must say. The silicone baby fetus you have on your website looks awfully convincing, you know? Yeah, that stuff kind of hurts me also with, like, social medias and stuff like that. Because, like, a lot of, like, stuff I post, like, on Instagram and TikTok or whatever just instantly gets taken down for being too gory or too violent. Or they'll say it's real death even though it's not. So it's just, like, kind of like with social media, I'm, like, always fighting against that. My guest today has been effects artist and director James Bell. James Thanks again. You take care now. All right. No problem. Massacre.
And that about does it for this installment of Masker Radio. But there is just one more thing I wanted to do before we get out of here for the week, and that's check on the Masker Radio voicemail, which you can call at your leisure, 440-941-8585. Oh, hey, it looks like we got a new message. I bet it's from someone who really enjoys the show. Let's give it a spin. Hey, this is Nick from Ocean Township, New Jersey. I'm just, um... Wondering why you guys are the weirdest label out of all labels. Um, it takes forever for you guys to release anything, and you have like a weird ass podcast that like no one listens to. Um, well, anyway, go fuck yourself. And there you have it, straight from the horse's mouth. Another satisfied customer, courtesy of Masker Radio. Hey, thank you for the phone call, Mr. Dawson. I know your type. I bet you're one of those guys who looks like Moby if he had a younger brother who was from Appalachia and missing a few extra chromosomes. And another thing, Joel Embiid sucks, okay? I got two words for you. Donovan Mitchell. Anyway, as always, I've been your host, Members Only Dave, and I'll talk at you next week. That's like Satan saying, hey, it's gang-related. Try to smoke one. 213 degrees here today in hell. Smoke one. It's gang-related. They're fighting! They're swinging! It's gang-related. They're fighting! They're swinging! It's gang-related. They're fighting! It's gang-related. Unbelievable! It's gang-related. Holy cow! It's gang-related. Oh,